Hi there, and welcome to the Vertical Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information about Vertical, please check out our website at verticalministries.net. When I was at Baylor University, my roommate, Johnny Wills, had an obsession with Justin Timberlake, okay? And uh, when this obsession happened, he bought tickets to go to a concert in Atlanta. It fell through. It was devastating. And so me being a good friend, I decided to purchase tickets in the city of Houston, which happens to be my hometown. And so me and Johnny went down to Houston so that we could bring sexy back to Waco, okay? And so we go down to Houston and we have these sweet tickets. We end up bringing this guy named Cody. He's a senior. He was a senior in high school then. He is a senior at Baylor now. Is he here? Okay, probably best for him. Anyways, okay, so... uh, we go down to join Cody. We go to the Toyota Center, which is where the Rockets play basketball. I send those two up to the suite. They go sit down, and I have to go scalp a ticket. And I won't go into too much detail because that's illegal. But um, as I'm scalping a ticket, I realized that the Houston Rockets were practicing. And so I took a picture, and uh, I sent it to my friends, and I said, Hey, just tell Dwight Howard to save me a seat. You know, haha, <laughs> whatever. And you don't think that's funny. But I did at the time, and so I sent that to them. And so as I sent that to them... Oh, can you hear me? There you go. As I send that to... As I sent that to him. Okay, okay. So uh, as I sent that to them, um, I, I, I jokingly said that I snuck up to the suite, joined them, and my roommate Johnny is just anxiously awaiting Justin Timberlake. And so he's sitting on his hands, and he's like, man, this is so sweet. But he, I can tell he's slightly disappointed. Because our suite happened to be very, very far from the stage, okay? It wasn't anywhere near um, uh, where JT was going to be, and so it was kind of a letdown. And I realized, um, being a good friend and having a slight understanding of the Toyota Center, I say, hey, John, if that suite over there is still empty, when the concert starts, we can just go over there. And him, being a smart Baylor student, he said, why don't we go now? Great idea. Let's go get in trouble now. So we go to this other suite, and um, we find ourselves walking into this suite, and this this shorter young man opens the door for us. His name is Aaron Brooks, and um, there's like three people that know who Aaron Brooks is over here that know who Aaron Brooks is. He is he was at the time the point guard for the Houston Rockets, and so he opens the door for us, and we gladly start walking. Like, yeah, we belong here. Some batteries. Okay, cool. Um, uh, we're like, yeah, we belong here. I'm just going to stand still. We belong here. We went and sat on the front row of this suite. Thanks, Adam. And as we're sitting on the front row of this suite, my roommate Johnny Willis decides to put his hands underneath his, uh, uh, I don't know what part of the body that is. He sits down on his hands. He says, we're not moving for anyone. I don't care that we saw Aaron Brooks and there's like what appears to be wives in the suite with us. We're sitting on the front row. And, and what's really important was that we had moved ourselves closer. And so we thought that was going to just change the night. We thought that was really going to change the 2020 experience that we were going to have for those Justin Timberlake fans. Okay, you're catching it now. And so um, we thought that was really going to change the experience. And uh, just a few moments later, Cody was sitting down, and he turns around, he looks forward, and he gives a good old Christian curse word. He's like, holy shit! And I'm like, okay, this can't be good. I turn around, and the best-looking NBA player to ever exist, Chandler Parsons, had just walked. Okay, yeah, we got one fan here, probably old Mavs fan or something. Um, So Chandler Parsons has walked into this room, and we're like, wow, we really shouldn't be here. Um, 
Chandler, sit down, take our seats. And he's like, no, 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 y'all don't worry about it. We're like, no, seriously, we don't belong here. You go ahead. And so he sits down and we, we go to the top of the suite and we're like, man, this is crazy. Like, what if Dwight Howard and James Harden and Jeremy Lin and the whole Houston Rockets team like comes in here and then next thing you know, Jeremy Lin walks in, he sits right in front of us, starts playing Clash of Clans. I'm like, okay, he's a human, okay? That's, at the time, I'm, it just brought me to reality. This guy's a normal person, we're, we're hanging out with them and really as each person's coming in, we're like, what's up guys, how we doing? And they're pretending to know us and we're pretending to know them even though we're total losers. We're like trying really hard to be their friend. And then a few moments later, Dwight Howard and James Harden walk in the room and we don't know what to do with ourselves other than say, what's up guys? Like, how we doing? Like, and so we just thought that this entire night was just this most ridiculous night of our lives. We thought it was just this wonderful thing. Everything changed by just moving ourselves closer to the stage. It ended up being a great night. Dwight Howard knows like every word to JT's songs. And it really was a wonderful night. But the reason why I tell you that story tonight is because we're going to see that often we treat the church like it's this entertainment place, this concert, where in order to become more a part of the church, we just move closer. We just associate ourselves more. We just move ourselves closer, and we think that's sufficient. That's intriguing to us. We think that's what it looks like to join a local church. or you know, be part, But the reality is that tonight we're going to talk about ESPN. It's the Life App ESPN. That's what we're in. We're in the series of Life Apps. The reason why we're talking about ESPN is because we're going to learn the difference between spectating and participating. And so we're going to be in Acts 2 tonight, verses 41 through 47, if you want to get your Bibles out and turn to there. We're going to see and look at really the original church, the OG church. That's what we're looking at tonight. We're going to see what, what is being described of as the original church, and I think we're going to learn a lot of things. Because when we think of church, we think of denominations, we think of buildings, we think of all sorts of different things. We might even think of Sunday school, life groups, community groups, uh, you know, all these different things, all these groups these days. But in the end, those are the things that we think of, but this is before any of that existed. And I think it's going to shed light, and it's going to be very uh, good for us to learn and see really what the original church was about. I think it will be encouraging to us, and it might even change our paradigm of the way that we view church. So tonight we're going to learn, don't spectate, participate. Acts 2, 41 through 47. What has just happened, uh, well, let's just start reading. Let's start reading. Are you all there? Okay, cool. Um, Tiny font. Wow. Squint. Okay, so those who received his word were baptized. And there were added the day about 3,000 souls. So let me just set the stage. I just realized I haven't told you anything. What has just happened in the book of Acts is Jesus has ascended into heaven. He spent 40 days here. He ascended into heaven. So there's a lot of firsts that happen. First, there is a new leader who is set apart to replace Judas. There's this first gospel presentation by Peter. uh, It's the first gospel presentation after Christ's death burial and resurrection, and then there's even this first altar call of sorts, and then, uh, and then really the first converts. So that's where we find ourselves in verse 41. Let's read it again because I didn't help you at all. We just jumped in. So those who received Peter's word were baptized, really God's word through Peter. So those who received Peter's word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. So what we see here, um, we're just going to go verse by verse, and we're going to dig into this tonight. Uh, What we see here is that Peter has just 
uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, crushed this sermon. There are 3,000 converts um, through the power of the Lord working through Peter. This is like an incredible day. If somebody was speaking today, that would be called a revival. Okay, And so this is the beginning of the church, and and you might be wondering, how do you baptize 3,000 people? That's what it says is happening here on that day. They added 3,000 souls to the church. And what's happening is, on the steps leading up to the Temple Mount, there were mikvahs. If you want to write that down, I don't know how to spell it. Um, And so these mikvahs were the ceremonial baths. This Old Testament uh, temp, uh, temporary cleansing places that were given in the Old Testament to cleanse our, uh, for people to cleanse themselves and then go up to the Temple Mount. And so the, the way that 3,000 people are baptized in this time is that they go through the mikvah. And what's, what's interesting is we're starting to see that now that Jesus has ascended into heaven, there is a change in the covenant. This old covenant is passing away. It's no longer this, this ritual and ceremonial cleansing that happens over and over again as you return to the temple mount. But what happens is there is a one-time baptism for the forgiveness of sins. There's one cleansing and it's, it's for those who call upon the name of Jesus, those that are saved. And it's this baptism that just happens once. And so we see this old becoming new. And so let's keep going in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So what do we see? The four of the most like foundational things to the early church are what? Teaching. You can write these down if you'd like. Right from verse 42. Teaching fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. And so let's just unpack each one of these things. The apostles' teaching was probably what Jesus had taught them, and also uh, pre-death, and also what Jesus had taught them post-resurrection. And so that actually is, we can see that in Peter's sermon just before Acts 2. If you're interested in what that looks like, just read um, Peter's sermon just before this. And what Peter does is he sheds new light on the Old Testament. So that's what it looks like. For us, that would mean Bible study, like God's word, teaching God's word. That's what the apostles' teaching would look like for us today. So that's the first thing. And the second thing we see is fellowship. Can anyone define fellowship? Cool. Okay. Anyways, fellowship is this really deep word that we use and we kind of, (laughs) we have no idea what it means though. And so um, let's just dig into it real quick. It's, it's this watered down word, but it's, it's, there's so much to it. It's this mutual, uh, it's, it's from the Greek word koinonia, 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 um, and it means common. And it it means that they have something in common. It's this mutual uh, thing in common. It's this mutual endeavor. It's this participation. It's a sharing. It's this common ground. Let's just take a step back as Baylor people, MCC people, TSTC people. Let's talk about common grounds and how this applies. So common grounds, you're there for three reasons, right? One, you're addicted to coffee. Two, you're addicted to like social, like just being social. You're just there to be social. Or three, you like music. Those are kind of the three common ground things that bring you to common grounds. And so this, this word fellowship is this common thing. And what the fellowship is, the thing that people have in common right here is what? Christ. Jesus is the, this common thing. It, it, Jesus is the most unifying person in the universe. And so they're coming together. That's what the church is supposed to look like. Living together, living with one another. So first, the apostles teaching, teaching. Second, fellowship or being in common. 
being apart, living together, living with one another. And then we see three, breaking of bread. And for us, that's, that's not very, we have no idea what that means other than we've seen like possibly in church people break bread. But what this means is really two things. First is the Lord's Supper. But at that time, the Lord's Supper was a part of eating meals together. So this was a totally normal thing of the people in the community, Christians, believers, that people that are saying they're following Christ, they're coming together, having a meal, and that included the Lord's Supper at this point. So that's what breaking of bread means, and it even is kind of included, breaking of bread and prayers, a lot of commentaries say, but these are kind of together. These are, uh, uh, you know, they, they're one and the same, and so much so that the prayer is happening in these house meetings, likely at the temple, and uh and kind of in these smaller groups. And you're like, man, this guy's like way excited about verses 41 and 42 of Acts 2. And the reason why I'm so passionate, so excited to see what the first church looked like, see the summary of what the church looked like right away. The reason why I love it is because most of us see the church as Sunday and a building. And at this point, there's no building. And we're not even positive whether or not the, uh, the Sabbath has changed from Saturday to Sunday. So the two very things that most of us associate as church, Sunday and building that we go to, doesn't even exist. So I just, I love that. I love that. That's why, I, that's why it's so important that we look at this and see what really the church is meant to be about. Let's keep going in, in verse 43. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Let's stop right there. We're just going to stop at each verse if you haven't caught on yet. That's what we're doing. Okay. And so we see this. Awe is this reverent fear for what the Lord is doing through the apostles. And it says that every soul was in awe. That's how much the Lord was working. That's how much the Spirit was working. In the first church, that's what we see. Most of us, when we think about church, we possibly don't think about, we're not like in awe. We're not in reverent fear of what the Lord is doing through the local church. Let's keep reading it and, and see, well, you know, where is this disconnect? Where does it come from? Let's keep reading verse 44. And all who believed together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions. We're going to two verses right here. And, oh, excuse me. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all. And so what we see here, uh, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. There is an undeniable unity in the first church. This unity, it almost sounds like Communism. You know, they're, they're sharing things with one another. And uh, I'll be the first to point out, as does every commentator ever, is like, do not allow for communism to be, like, thought of as the church promoting communism. Like, immediately, all these scholars are like, don't say that. But the reality is, the difference between this and communism is this mutual sharing is voluntary. It reminds us really of, as, as especially recently, we understand this, as natural disasters are happening, we share our resources with those that are in need. That makes sense to us. So it's not this communism, but it's this being together. I love the word together. And all who were believed were together and had all things in common. 
We're going to see the word together again. Verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple, what? Together. And breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. There's this joy that comes from the unity of the body. I love that. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all people. So all these people are together. They're doing things together day by day. Again, we don't even know if Saturday or the Sabbath has changed to Sunday yet. But what we do know is that they're meeting day by day. They're attending what? The temple. That's not even the church. That at that point was is the Jewish church or the, what, what really... Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's where the Jewish faith, where those that were practicing Judaism were meeting. And so they're going to the temple to follow the Lord and coming together, breaking bread in their homes, receiving food with glad and generous hearts. So this unity leads to joy. And then we see in verse 47, praising God, these people that have joy, they praise God and they have favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. And so this unity of the church leads to joy and this joy leads to favor with all and ultimately what happens is this unified church multiplies it multiplies and so now that we've we've just gone through this passage you might be thinking what are like what does this mean what like we just slowly walk through this passage and we learn some things that's great but like What's the takeaway? We're going we're gonna to focus on this one thing tonight. And it's this, if you want to write it down. I already said it, though. Don't spectate. Participate. Don't spectate. Participate. Because so many of us, when we think of the church, we think of it like it's a Baylor football game. We go as long as we want to. And when it doesn't go well, we decide to leave. Halftime, okay, I'm out. We're not winning. I'm out. This doesn't necessarily fit my preference. I'm going to leave onto the next team, onto another opportunity. I'm going to go watch another team on TV. You laugh, but it is a lot of times the way that we treat the church. So many of us are just spectators in the church when we're called to be participants. The first believers in the first church are converted, and immediately, what do they do? Verse 42 they devoted themselves. To teaching and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. So here's my question tonight, if you want to write this down. Would you describe your connection to the church as devoted? Or another question might be, are you a spectator at church or are you a participant at church? And the reason why I'm using this language is because it's almost like being connected to the church means that, or excuse me, um, being connected to uh, uh, the church means that you're actually a part of the church. Yes. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us this. It might be a familiar passage to many of us. If you want to look to the screen, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one, so it is with Christ. So what it's saying is as we are part of the church, we aren't supposed to be just these spectators. We're supposed to be participants. Why? Because we are literally a part. We're a member. We might be a hand, we might be a foot, we might be whatever. I don't know what you are, you know. But in the end, we are a part. And if we're not participating, then part of the body is missing. The church isn't operating as it should. And so you might think, you know, I'm just an appendix. I can be removed. I'm not necessary, right? Like, we're like, I can go when I want to. I can be connected when I want to. I can serve when I want to. The reality is, 1 Corinthians 12, 22 talks about that. 
On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. That's why tonight's main point is don't spectate, participate. Why? Because you are a part of the local church. Many of you come from Dallas or Houston or Austin or out of state, wherever you come from. And and what I've seen is for those of us in Waco, becoming a part of the church is challenging because many of us are like, well, I just want to, I just want to live stream Matt Chandler. I love him. He's so good. Right. Or just, you know, desiring God. It's just, you know, 10 minutes to listen to that, that podcast. So good. It's glorifying to the Lord. Maybe I'll just read a gospel coalition blog or something. I don't know what the kids do these days. I'm not cool anymore. So, um, like these are the things that we think church is. But the reality is you can't live stream church as a believer. You are the church. Podcasts and live streams and vertical are supplements. They are not a substitute for the local church. And so I'm just inviting you tonight. (laughs) Vertical isn't a church. I'd love for vertical to go out of business if it meant all of you were connected to the local church and didn't need for it. But tonight again, the, the focus is that you wouldn't spectate, but you would participate. Why? Because spectators in church are looking to be entertained. Participants are looking to serve. Spectators in church are looking to be entertained. Participants are looking to serve. So if you leave church most weeks thinking about what the pastor is wearing or the lighting wasn't exactly the way you wanted it to be or that transition wasn't as smooth as you wish it would have been, if you leave church most Sundays with your opinion, then you are probably in church to be entertained. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be mindful of whether or not the entire Uh, Being connected to the church, I'm not saying you shouldn't be mindful of that church being gospel-centered. I'm just trying to encourage us to focus less on our preferences and more on our Savior and following our Savior, falling more in love with our Savior. One of my least favorite things about church are uh, like awkward church claps. Does anyone else hate those? No? Cool. All right, I'm the only one. Uh, so awkward church claps, yes. It's like, that's awesome. Three people think that, and they say that. And they, you're just like not sure exactly what to do with those awkward church claps. I just sit there and I judge the people. I'm like, what are you guys doing? I'm trying to pay attention. Now I'm distracted by you. Like, I, I don't know what to feel. Sometimes I'm, I'm that guy, though, too. I'm like, amen, why aren't other people doing it, right? And so sometimes I get distracted by the awkward church claps. But the reason why I tell you that. <laughs> I don't know why I told you that, but um, (laughs) part of the reason why I tell you that is because to me, it's a sign of the fact that we're not in awe of the local church. We're not really in awe of what the Lord is doing. If the Lord is using worship, we're not like, we're like hands in our pockets. We're like maybe slightly more movement this time, but like I can never be like that, right? Like that'd be so weird. Like somebody will see me behind me, right? That would be too much. Or we're not willing to clap when the preacher says the gospel. We're like, let's go. Like, you want to take the hill. But you're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Golf claps so good, right? But what I love about this description of the, the early church is this. It's just that, that there's this awe that came upon every soul. There's this awe that came 
from, from seeing the wonders and the signs and the work being done through the apostles? And I realized as I was reading this, and if our main point is don't spectate, participate, I realized as I was reading this that one of the main reasons why we might not be in awe of the church is because we're not really a part of what the Lord is doing. The Lord isn't using us to to reach people We're not coming to our life group, our community group, our Bible study, our accountability, whatever you want to call it. We're not coming together, being connected to the church. And we're not saying, I'm praying. We're going to pray for this. We're going to commit to praying for this one person. We're going to get on our knees each and every week. We're going to pray daily for each other. And and the reason why I think we're not in awe of what the Lord is doing is because we're not committing to praying for, we're not committing to being the church, being the hands and feet, being a participant in the church. We're we're just kind of a spectator on Sunday. We're missing out on praying for people, being patient with them, just encouraging one another. And then one day celebrating that person that we thought had no chance in knowing Jesus ever. They're the most immoral person I've ever known. Okay. That person, when you see them come, to know the Lord. You can celebrate it. Why? Because you and your community, you and the people that you're around, you and the church, you aren't just sitting there spectating. You are a part of it. We are in awe because you are literally a part of it. And I think so many of us are like, man, the church is boring. Why? Because it's missing us. It's missing us. We've lost our all with the church because we ourselves aren't a part of it. We're simply spectators. And I think what we miss out on, as I was just, I don't know, I went off on a tangent there. Uh, verse 47, what we miss out on when we're not a part of the church is we miss a part, or we miss out on being a part of the multiplication of the church. We miss out on part of the reaching people. Because participation, not spectation, I made that word up, participation not spectation, is what leads to the multiplication. It's being a part of the church that allows us, allows the Lord to use us to reach people and add to the numbers. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, Christ died to make us this, this, a, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Why? Why did he choose us? Why did he participate? Why did he take on the cross for us? so that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into wonderful light. I was thinking about this as we were singing just a moment ago. And I'm, like, if we were adopted into a family, would we just sit back and be a spectator? No. I was realizing that part of my life includes a family taking me under their wing. And let me just tell you, as a partially adopted kid, who had a single mom, when the family invited me in to be a part of what was going on in their family, I didn't just sit there and watch. I accepted the invitation gladly. I needed somebody to look to. I needed a father. I needed his love. And that's just an illustration of what the father has done for us through Jesus Christ. So for those that don't know Jesus tonight, that is the response for you. And for those that are believers, that are followers, the point for you tonight is don't spectate, participate. 
if you are in Waco, if you're in these stands, my encouragement would be this. Get connected to the local church. Tonight's your night. Whatever it looks like at your church, do it. I don't know. We have nine churches here that have different ways that you get connected. If you're not sure, let's say you've been going to I'm not going to name a church. If let's just say you've been going to church A for two years and you don't know what it looks like to be connected, I would encourage you tonight. You are going to church, but you are simply a spectator. Go up to the church that you have been going to that is here tonight, one of those nine, and say, how can I get connected? I don't want to just be a spectator anymore. I want to be a participant. I want to be in awe of what the Lord is doing. I want to be filled with joy. I want to praise him so that we could what? Reach people and, and just the unity of the church could be multiplied. I want to be a part of that. That might be what you need to do tonight. And the reason why I, I, I say that's the majority of us here is because I was once in your shoes. I thought it was sufficient to just attend on Sunday. What I love to do, this is so twisted and this is just off the top of my head. What I would love to do is, is get close to people on staff so they just knew I attended but in reality, I wasn't participating as I was being called to. I was never a part of community or life group or whatever the churches that I was a part of was requiring or asking me to be a part of. Hey, but at least the pastors knew me, right? The college minister, I was close friends with him, right? That was sufficient for me. And one of my biggest regrets from college was not the sin that I um, was involved in, although I was involved in sin, One of my biggest regrets was just not being a part of the local body. And so I'm just begging you, be wise, learn from my mistake, connect, be a part, be a participant, not just a spectator. And then lastly, I I just want to encourage those that are connected. As the band is coming up, I just want you to know that if you're connected and you're leading and you are a part of what the Lord is doing, thank you. Thank you for setting the example for us, for people like me who were just scrubby in college that thought spectating was enough and weren't willing to actually step out and be a participant, weren't willing to step out and be a part of what the Lord is doing. And quite frankly, let me just say, if you are here and you are connected rightly to the local church as you should be, I would encourage you to reach out. Because all around you, there are people that aren't connected as they should be. And I was one of them. And a lot of us are just waiting for an invitation to join you. To join you to do life together. To join you in regularly being in awe of what the Lord is doing in and around us. Because so many of us are simply spectators and not participants. So in summary... I don't know if I've said it enough. (laughs) Don't spectate. Participate. Because following Jesus and being a part of the church is not like a concert. You don't just move closer. Like at the Justin Timberlake concert, you're like wondering why I even started with that story. You don't just move closer like we did to be a part of the Justin Timberlake concert. Christ died on the cross so that you could be on the stinking stage. There's so much more. 
It's not about just moving from one place to the next, getting closer, associating a little bit more. Maybe that college minister knows my name now. That's sufficient. No. It's being connected. That's what we're called to. We're meant for the, for the illustration of, 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 of the sporting event. We're not meant to just be in the stands and leave when we want to. And it's not about our preferences. It's about being a part of it. it. It's not just about being in the stands. It's not just about being in the sideline. Jesus and God, they're calling us to be a part of what the Lord is doing. We're meant to be on the field. We're meant to be a participant, not a spectator. So I'd encourage you tonight, make a decision. Be a part of what the Lord's doing. Quit playing church and let's be the church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for a description of the first church, a church that isn't about a building isn't about Sundays it's about far more it's about being a part of what you are doing through the grace that you've given each and every one of us and so tonight Lord I just pray that you would you would show us reveal to us what is our response Lord for those that don't know you I pray that they would make a decision to come to follow you tonight because of your ultimate participation, the fact that you didn't just spectate and watch the cross, you died on the cross for us. Jesus, I pray that those here tonight that need to make a decision to call on your name, Lord, so that they may be saved, Lord, I pray that they would make that decision. And for those that are simply spectators in the local church, Lord, I pray tonight that they would become participants. They would choose to go out, go to one of the nine churches that are here, shake their hand and say, I am sorry, I want to be a part of what the Lord is doing. And Lord, for those that are here tonight, that are rightly connected, that are a part of the body, that are are following after you, just running after you, full sprint. I pray that they would be encouraged tonight. They look back and say, man, this is the way I'm living by God's grace. This is exactly where he has me right now. Thank you for that reminder. May I not become a spectator and slip into just the spectator thing. Lord, help me to continue to be a participant participant continue to be a part of what you're doing here and so jesus we just thank you for your grace we thank you for your cross thank you for loving us and adopting us we praise you and we pray all this in your son jesus name. amen